0: Hey folks, welcome into the Esports Network podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Correa. Of course, we talk about anything and everything esports related. And today's very special day. You know why? It is the last day of 2021. I have done a roughly 80-ish episodes of the network podcast. I've interviewed, uh, you know, any any 70 plus guests from around the esports industry doing anything and everything, you know, that that, that that got them to that journey of working in the esports industry. And so now on the last day of 2021, one we've already taken a look back, uh, you know, in the, during our little awards episode, we kind of talked about uh, the best of the best going from 2021. But now we have to go into 2022. Let us look forward a bit, see what kind of events to expect, what kind of trends to look at, esports to look at, to kind of keep in mind going into at least at the very least of the first half of 2022. Obviously, things uh, aren't getting That much easier. Thanks to the pandemic. Thanks to the Omicron variant of COVID-19. And uh, there are a lot of questions that remain going into, I guess, this would be the second year of the pandemic, uh, you know, starting, I guess, for a lot of us uh, early 2020, some of us even earlier going into late 2019. So we're pretty much going into a second uh, straight year of going through this pandemic. And like I said a lot of questions still up in the air as to you know as it relates to in person events as it relates to any kind of real uh, e-sport in-person competition, whether it's a LAN offline event uh, or whether it's some kind of major happening uh, across any of the variety of esports that we cover here on the podcast, and it's a lot of questions that are going into 2022. But hopefully, uh, this kind of gives you a bit of a heads up going into the year what to expect. Because really, uh, a lot of folks don't know exactly you know what their favorite games or scenes will really entail and how that will kind of shape up to be. And hopefully, we can kind of uh, look at it. From a at least a, a what's it called a a, a past slash future perspective, if that makes sense, before it happens perspective, and kind of at least assuage our expectations for these events. I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of these events, uh, though they might be offline now, in the future they might not be, and they, they might just be online, they might just be a virtual only for for an audience, and we might just be watching it on Twitch or YouTube wherever your your streaming platform of choice is. And that might just be the only way that most of us can watch these. And, you know, for the past year, it's what we've been used to. And for the past year, I've kind of uh, let my my opinions know that I'd love to go back to see these events. And I have gone to see a few of these, uh, these events live and in person, at least in my area. But, uh, you know, if, if these organizers feel the way that they do about going back to online only or going back to, you know, no audience, that's perfectly acceptable. That's that's kind of the, the choice they're 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 forced to make. Now, let's just dive into, I guess, the one of the first things that I want to look at in terms of events and trends heading into 2022. Right off top, the week after this episode uh, goes up, Awesome Games Done Quick will begin on January 9th. Now, I don't know about you. Um, a lot of people will have their own verified hot take on, on what they think speedrunning and how it relates to esports is. Personally, speedrunning for me is... Like it, it, it's it's a part of esports. It has to be. It's it's a little competitive. You're trying to beat or you know beat the the previous time to get a better time. You're trying to beat your personal best. Whatever it is, it's competitive. And so for me, it's kind of like comparing track and field to uh, your professional traditional sports like football or something like. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, you know overlap there. Obviously, they're not entirely the same. But, you know, the, the sense of competition is there. The sense of community is also there. You know, you can argue it's a wholly different scene, which is fair. That's totally fair. And if you don't view them as eSports, that's, again, totally fair. Personally, I do. That's why I like giving that kind of coverage to to events like these. Awesome Games Done Quick. Uh, coming up, I think this is, what, the, the, the 10th or 11th straight year they've done this? absolutely insane and and this is going to be an online only event unfortunately so nobody go, is going to be in the hotel uh, ballrooms kind of hyping each other up that's you know it is the nature of our current times but hopefully this year we'll also kind of uh, see more money given to charity I believe last year they raised close to three or four million dollars it was you know every year they, they they beat their own record at some point whether it's the summer games done quick or it's the awesome games done quick in early January and so this time uh, we'll, we'll have a bevy of games to really watch I'm, I'm always a fan of the Kingdom Hearts uh, the Pokemon and any kind of like Skyrim or Halo uh, speedruns I'm, I'm always a fan of of course Mario is a classic uh, any kind of like Metroid Prime Time, um, any kind of uh, uh, banjo kazooie, Psychonauts two will be ran for the first time here. It has a fifteen minute estimate, or, or uh, not fifteen? Excuse me, an hour forty five estimate, which is insane for a newer game. I mean, there's there's so many newer games and old games alike that you can you'll you'll find something you will like. At least put on the background for a bit and set up an alarm. Just tell you, oh, this this game's being ran. I want to watch this game be played, and that's kind of just an awesome little uh, uh, little uh, aspect of, of esports, if you will. We get to watch whatever you want to watch and, and you can just call it you know some kind of esports here and there and i think speed running falls directly into that category now as esports continues to grow right i kind of have to give myself a big sigh there because this, this is kind of a, a big deal that this next event that we're talking about is um we're going to be seeing a lot more of esports become part of these international events right for example Asian Games 2022 will have esports. It's the biggest thing for esports in terms of you know uh public stage recognition, mainstream recognition. It's that esports it, there'll be a medaled event at the Asian Games in Hangzhou China uh coming up in, in this next year. I mean, so you'll you'll have medal events. For Dota 2, Hearthstone, uh, League of Legends, FIFA, of course, you know, everybody loves football or uh, soccer as we know it here in the States, Street Fighter V and Arena of Valor, which I think would uh, be awesome to have all these games, uh, you know, pretty much be a metal events at these Asian games. Of course, these versions of, of the games will be, uh, you know, the, the China safe, Asia safe versions, meaning no blood, no gore, no profanity, anything like that to kind of make it more broadcast friendly because these are you know, Olympic events. You know, you can't just have apparently blood uh, spurting out from uh, every which angle, which is fine. I, I understand completely the the international kind of boundaries and where they are, perfectly understandable. Asian Games twenty two will still twenty twenty two will still be a a big event for esports to kind of show out a little bit more of what they're about, and so. Uh, originally, these games were in the 2018 Asian Games, kind of a demonstration event, like something you just put out in the square in front of a, uh, you know, a real uh, premier event. Like if you're doing the athletics events or whatever, you put the esports event outside the, the stadium, just kind of people watch that a little bit before they, they they hop into the arenas. And so that was kind of a big showcase for esports then. And now, you know. Will we see this become part of the you know international zeitgeist and move into other events, other Olympic uh, kind of level tournaments? Maybe I'm 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 not ruling that out exactly, but you know this could very easily pave the way for esports at other international competitions like you know the Pan American Games, the Central American and Caribbean Games, uh, the European Games, the African Games. Of course, the Olympics themselves always uh, a consideration. I know that they've done. Uh, kind of like VR ish, uh, type of events before, which aren't exactly esports, but we can consider them under that umbrella. But I'm I'm talking about the the bona fide, you know, like FIFA, PUBG, Dota 2, uh, any of those like bona fide esport games, like actual keyboard, mouse, monitor, and a PC or, or console at your feet games. Maybe we're still too early to dictate that kind of, uh, you know, future trend, but you never know. Now, of course, the logistics of uh, having esports at Asian Games 2022 is still still a little bit of, uh, of questioning going into the summer, of course. Uh, who knows if this iteration of the Asian Games will be able to host a crowd of almost 4,000 people. Maybe it'll be a little bit less. Maybe it'll be a stacked house. No, the stadium is still under construction. And you know we have no idea what the spread of COVID-19 or the variants thereof. Might be at that time because uh, you know the the Asian Games begin September 10th and run through that entire month. The venue is currently slated to kind of uh, at, at the very latest uh, be finished by October, which they could easily delay some games by a month or two and kind of get those medals out in time. But obviously, I think they want to finish that beforehand. So we'll see what exactly this uh, response will be to the Asian Games having esports uh, in this year's kind of competition. I mean, personally, I hope uh, the 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 stadium is built on time. I hope uh, the, the crowd is like filling the seats in like crazy. I hope you know the, the the Chinese government sees esports as a as a big boon for further investment. And I hope the world can kind of glance at that and be like, "Whoa, that's that's a lot of numbers that 's a lot of stats we're seeing our way. Maybe this is something we should take more seriously, and maybe it will be. you know maybe we 'll see this uh, become more commonplace at further international events i'm I'm hopeful so. I know people who are listening to this podcast probably are as well. But a few trends to keep in mind going into twenty twenty two right um, in terms of traditional sports, almost every single professional league has seen a a a downturn in revenue over the past two seasons or so. I know it was a bigger drop off in 2020, a little bit less of a drop off in 2021 where it was more recovery than anything else, but still for sports it hasn't returned to that pre-2020 level where you know, I know NBA, MLB, NFL all made close to what 10 billion plus uh the year before the pandemic really got into its stride. Esports is not really like that. Esports is one of the few competitive outlets and one of the few competitive avenues that did not see those kinds of dips in revenue. But they showed almost almost the exact opposite in certain areas. Uh, esports is very easily. You know, they were easily adaptable for that work from home culture that we've, you know, we've kind of grown accustomed to events were broadcasted, produced from the humbling abodes of people, you know, working in the scene from people, uh, you know, kind of building up their home office to to really accommodate this kind of uh, events at these scales. And obviously, you know, lack of land, be that as, as it may for a competitive culture in esports. I mean, yeah, it's suffered a bit. But it remains as entertaining as ever for fans to at least watch and kind of dramatize a little bit more in their own heads and on the, on the Twitterverse. So with 2022 seeing some dip in numbers for COVID and variants. I, I think we can fully expect to see more and more live and in-person events, at least I think in the back half of the year. I think this first half of the year will be dominated by, of course, Omicron variant and maybe another variant soon to come uh, as of now, I think unnamed. We'll, 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 we'll put it that way. But in the back half of the year, I think, uh, you know, past the summer, we should see more live and in-person events. I know we had very few this year. I mean, I, I went to maybe two here in Dallas. Uh, I know uh, PGL Stockholm and in Sweden had a big crowd over there. A little sprinkling of events here and there. I know California is still pretty strict. I know New York is still pretty strict. Atlanta is kind of very loose in in their standards right now, so it's kind of all over the place here in the States. But abroad, things have kind of been mellowing out a little bit easier for for full-scale esports events that take on Japan. Surprisingly, it's only had what, like eighteen thousand or so uh, infections or deaths or, or from from COVID, and so they've been pretty pretty good about their events, and and maybe we'll see something come out of there. But for now, I fully anticipate that we'll have some, at least one or two packed stadiums during you know grand final championships for l- these top esports like you know League of Legends, Dota two, uh, maybe maybe we'll see something from PUBG, CS:GO, where these bigger uh, you know venues start to sell out a little bit more as we head into the back half of the year. Now, I mean, of course, like I said, a lot of questions to remain. What is true today is not always true tomorrow. There could be something changing along the way that obviously will affect what I've just said now, but for now, as of, you know, to whatever today's date is what December 31st of 2021 for now, I would expect that at some point we were, we would reach uh, full capacity stadiums for esports events in the near future. When that future is, I can't say because, you know, I'm just a guy with a microphone spouting off opinions based on the trends that I'm seeing. One trend that I am that I am seeing kind of more increased attention and revenue in Esports betting. Uh, We've had uh, uh, plenty of guests on in the past few months talking about esports betting and how, you know, how they predict it'll make more headway in 2022. I think that's that'll that'll stay true. I think esports betting as a whole will make headway around the world, not just here in the States, but also, you know, Canada, Europe. Uh, Latin America is also a huge, 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 uh, a huge market that a lot more people are being aware of. A lot of more uh, esports companies are being aware of, and that's something that we will probably be tapped into a little bit more as Latin America becomes a, a more you know premier uh, market for a lot of people. It's it's a it's a huge you know almost what I want to say one point five billion people living in Latin America. Easily, easily, a, a very profitable market to find yourself in if you manage to tap into, into it and in, at just the right angle and just the right way. So, like I mentioned, the guests we've had on before, they mentioned that you know esports betting. There's certain conditions for esports betting that needs to be met in order for it to grow, and we're hitting a lot of those conditions here in the states, state by state. There's 50 of us here, so of course, uh, it's a slow, slow going but more and more state governments here at least are kind of willing to take that leap into the world of you know not just sports betting but also esports betting which is something that a lot of people kind of miss right esports uh, betting grows with sports betting because the pandemic hit and and despite being you know I'll be, I'll be honest the pandemic obviously was an all around awful thing there is a little silver lining though uh the world of sports betting was hit really hard by the pandemic Esports betting surprisingly took a big leap. That while these you know the, these betters were looking for new opportunities to kind of uh, put products in front of their fans, esports was one of those opportunities. And so for the first time, we're seeing places like DraftKings kind of putting together some esports bets for people to to really kind of uh, enjoy and buy in. And so now there's these the sports coming back. You can't take away the esports arm of your of your own company. You kind of have to keep it around a little bit because you've already established an audience using that product. And so, esports betting, I think, will take more of a leap in twenty twenty two. I think it's like, I'll take, I'll be honest. I'll take an even bigger bigger leap in twenty twenty three. But you know, now that that baby's been birthed, there's there's no putting it back fully expect a lot more companies to follow in those footsteps and and expand and grow those esports departments in these betting houses because that's what will happen and that is what you know will make these companies a lot more money moving into the future and so the big three i really want to focus on though was just esports betting asian games and uh, and really the the increased revenue coming in from uh, esports because a lot of people you know like i said work from home culture mm. Absolutely insane this, what esports has managed to do, just literally working from home and one person at, at a headquarters somewhere kind of maneuvering, finagling everything, can make total events happen and be streamed to, to millions, if not you know tens of millions across the globe. Now, speaking of tens of millions around the globe, what, what do they all watch, right? Esports to look at in 2022 is my, me- my next kind of big thing I want to talk about. Um obviously if you listen to the esports uh, podcast network esports Network podcast awards we had a bunch of like little things here and there uh the biggest one that we saw with the, the game of the year was Valorant for a lot of us right Valorant uh, the Champions Tour in 2021 was a pretty pretty big success for a brand new esport from you know a viewership and a competitive standpoint you know despite significant portions of these events being uh, held online versus you know offline but upcoming in 2022 They've kind of redeveloped their format a bit. So up and coming Valorant semi pros can kind of try their hands in the Valorant regional circuits and then qualify for the regional leagues. And then you also have uh, VCT game changers, which is kind of establishing a, a firm route for female identifying players and teams to compete and, and possibly, you know, who knows, maybe even play in VCT Challengers events they if they get, get scouted in the right way. I I think there's a lot of opportunity there, and I, I'm glad to see that Riot Games and other third-party tournament organizers are really tapping into this game changers event. It's it's a it's a market of players uh, as we've seen that hasn't really been tapped into. But you know, gaming culture is uh, seen as predominantly male, and unfortunately, that's that's just not all true. A lot of, a lot of the 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 player base. Is a significant, you know, significant amount of, of females who also play the game or play the games that we see. You know, you don't just see, you know, what is it, ninety percent men playing Valorant or whatever. No, it's 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 a significant portion of females playing uh, uh, Valorant as well. And these VCT game changers events will in fact be game changing, pun intended. <clears throat> but besides that, that allows these players to get scouted by other major teams. And maybe maybe, just maybe we'll see uh, a starting roster for a Valorant Masters team, and it's featuring one or two females here and there. It wouldn't be a bad thing, right? Not at all, not at all. So, of course, you can also uh, qualify for VCT Masters events through VCT Challengers still, but for now there's a way for new blood to be injected into the scene and get involved. And of course, you know, you do well enough for the course of the season, you end up in Valorant champions again. So that's still there to provide that major, you know, international international tournament taste for fans that crave that, you know, of course, Uh, I should say that each region will be responsible for the broadcast commentaries, like they have kind of in the past, but they have a lot more leniency in that way now, right? They have a a litany of languages that are being broadcast and commentated on. So you have uh, what more than almost any esports I've ever, I think I've ever seen. This has the most languages I think. So you have like Cantonese, Mandarin, Korean, Japanese, uh, Vietnamese, English, German, Spanish, French, Portuguese, Russian. Turkish, so, so on and so forth. It's it's a huge amount of languages being tossed around just for viewership, and so there's plenty of opportunities for people from around the world to get in, you know to kind of look at these esports, no matter who's playing in them, right? It could be a European matchup, but it's being broadcast in Japanese. It could be um, a Chinese matchup being broadcast in Turkish, and it's something for fans to kind of tap into and look at and be like, "Whoa, this is really cool gameplay." I'm glad I'm able to understand it. The potential reach of, of Valorant with this, you know, in general. Absolutely insane what their second quote unquote official season was going to look like. And so I don't think we've ever seen an esport kind of pop off this way like Valorant has in the past few years. And personally, I'm, I'm happy to see it. It'll, it'll keep on, uh, moving spaces, moving the industry forward. And, uh, you know, hats off to Valorant that Riot Games has done a tremendous job kind of putting that together and really establishing, uh, that scene in, in an, in an awesome, awesome way. And that, that foundation will be, be around for years to come. And so, one esport that I think we should watch out for, really, the, the wrong reasons, if you will, for the reasons that we hope will will be uh, kind of uh, avert the scene from dying completely. The Call of Duty League. I'm going to be honest. The, the Call of Duty League has been under a lot of flack over the past month uh, as we head into 2022. Uh, this is seen scene to watch and pay attention to because there's currently a, a lot of clashing going on between the players and the teams against the developers and higher-ups at, you know, Activision Blizzard. It's a conflict of, you know, do you do you better the competitive culture and increase, you know, revenue in the games itself or do you focus on kind of just the casual play style of most, you know, 80% of your player base and, you know, just forget about the the competitive side of things and just put that to the wayside. And there's, you know, there's there's, there's a good arguments to be made for both, but I, I think if you want to be taken seriously as an esport, right? You you made these teams pay twenty-five million dollars for a spot. You want to take advantage of that, you know, that that upfront capital. You want to. The reason to watch this scene is really it's a question. It's a question of moving forward. Will these developers listen? Will these higher-ups listen to the developers and make the needed changes from the formats to the game modes? I mean, Let's be real. The changes that they're, that they're talking about implementing, they're not huge, not game-breaking in any way. But the, the scene is propped up right now. It's propped up by uh, that huge upfront capital. It's propped up by kind of these empty promises that aren't really being made. These players are letting it known that these promises aren't being made. And that maybe, like, let's, let, let's not beat around the bush. The call of duty has been, you know, they've been propped up by a ton of that initial capital. These teams, like I said... Twenty-five million a slot—that's a lot of money to put up front for for a few games. League of Legends—I think their LCL LCS teams paid like what $10 million, 9 million at first. Nothing too crazy, and that that's relatively affordable in compared to the, the player salaries. But Call of Duty—you know their their player salaries aren't that huge. So where is that money going, and why why are we seeing this this scene stagnate? Of course, you know, Call of Duty uh, Vanguard is not being well-received. Pretty pretty mixed reviews on the fan base as well. And the pros are kind of letting it be known that they aren't being listened to. And so for a league that's been brought up a ton, you'd expect more support behind it. If you can successfully put together these great productions and have players singing your praises, that helps fans see the game. That helps fans engage in the content from these games. And therefore, you get more excitement. You get more engagement with the game that you 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 threw out there in the first place, <laughs> and, and and through that you know you kind of get players excited about Vanguard. You get them to buy copies, you get them to buy DLC, whatever from the from your you know your 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 shoddily run in-game store. You get all that revenue in. It, it's literally advertising money, if you will. That's what these this this Call of Duty League is. But it needs to be more than that. It really does. And so that's something to watch. I know they get started. I think the first few weeks of January uh, and the February, we'll start to see more you know, interesting developments take place, if you will. But like I said, Call of Duty League, that's something to pay attention to for the wrong reasons. And hopefully that that ship is righted at some point soon. Maybe we'll find out at some point after the, uh, the New Year's Eve or the winter break. Excuse me. Another eSport to watch out for, you know, the right reasons, if we will. The one that is, I hope, righted the ship so far. It's Rocket League. The rocket, uh, you know, the uh, rocket-powered soccer cars. They're hurtling towards the, I guess, the second third of their season. Uh, according to their, their, their calendar year, right? They start in the fall, play a sp- uh, spring split, play a winter split, or excuse me, reverse those two. Play a winter split, then a spring split. And in the summer, you kind of see the championships take place. And so... Uh, the second third of the year before the RLCS World Championship. That's a a world championship where all the regions will get back together. Uh, We just saw them wrap up their fall split. Um, That was the first third of the season. The first of their four international majors for the RLCS, and we still got two more to go before the championships. Why should you care about Rocket League in 2022? Well, Because they took two major steps back in the middle of the pandemic. One that couldn't be helped, really. And the other that probably, you know, you you probably could have helped a little bit there. The pandemic obviously knocked out offline competition. So that pretty much resulted in zero world championships in 2020. Only regional ones. So we only had, you know, uh, North American champs. We had, you know, Latin American champs, European champs, blah, blah, blah. Stuff like that. And so we only had regional champs. And there wasn't like a one-all, be-all, end-all tournament that kind of decided who's the best of the best. Cause that's really what these international tournaments are about. So, like I said, 2021 rolled along and, you know, psionics did it again. They said, you know what? No world championship for this split. Unfortunately, the things are t- still too, too hot. We gotta, we gotta move on from this. It's not working. We gotta move on. And so no world championship two years in a row. Absolutely hurts a scene. And your fan base is, 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 is itching for something offline, something international to show which region is the best, which team is the best. It's, it's a taste that they need, that they've been craving for the past two years. Hopefully, this is the year where they kind of put it together and, and really, uh, this get, I hope this mistake gets rectified almost two years later that they get some kind of offline international competition happening at RLCS World Championships. And that's happening in July. You don't want to miss that. It's always good fun to watch uh, international competition take place. And Rocket League, I've, I've, I think a lot of people have felt this right over the past uh, past 3 years it's it's a tier a esport bordering on tier s and if it wasn't for the pandemic they'd be a low tier s esport for me but because of the pandemic and because of the deci- of the uh, decisions made by psionics, I had to keep it at a tier a it's in, you know, and, and funnily enough, it's, it's a lot of the, uh, the, there's a lot of games going on still. And a lot of the teams are broadcasting and, and, and kind of giving their own little broadcast on, on what their teams are doing. And while that's great for the fans of those teams, as somebody who wants to enjoy the scene, I have to go through like three different streams to find the right game. And that's not something I want to do. I don't have a lot of time in a day. I really just want to, you know, put this on in the background and, and watch the game as it's happening on a single stream, uh, on the, the unified stream, if you will, and not have to go through like 30 different streams to figure out which team is playing where and how do I watch them and all that nonsense, right? Hopefully 2022, we will see Rocket League return to its, 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 its real big international stage. And hopefully it's entertaining as it always was. Now, last eSport for me to really kind of pay attention to and see that really, I, I don't think before 2021 I was really aware of, but going off of our awards list and our award ceremonies and all that stuff, Free Fire and Mobile Legends Bang Bang. I, I'm going to be honest, of course, I didn't pay too much attention to these two. Mobile esports in 2021 was not really on my radar uh, heading into the the beginning of the year. But towards the middle of the year after summer, I was like, whoa, this is really kicking off. I'm seeing the numbers coming from these events. And, you know, I I probably should have paid more attention to it. So that's kind of that's going to be part of my my New Year's resolution. If you will, I got to watch at least one major mobile esport tournament in 2022. And I hope you do, too like we mentioned over the past that free fire and mobile legends bang bang they were like the most viewed esports uh, in the world out of the top 10 they had six spots in terms of uh, events viewed absolutely insane numbers from these esports events and a lot again a lot of it is is based in china india you know that kind of east uh, east asian central asian uh, market but lately it's been popping off a lot in brazil brazil latin america that whole region down there also really getting into mobile esports and so I really want to get into because we now we have kind of three, four big regions that are getting involved in it. And at some point, soon it's going to hit on our shore on our shores here in the US. You know, it's, it's pretty much already has it just that doesn't have the real backing of it that these other regions have given these these esports. And so obviously, if you don't know, Free Fire, I think it's just the the Battle Royale version on, of a mobile kind of port, whatever. Mobile Legends, bang, bang. They got in some hot water because they kind of... Mm, the, they kind of infringed on a copyright or two of Riot Games, and they paid out their dues. I think it was two point eight million or some number around that to Riot Games directly for that infringement. But now they're making enough money to kind of pay that back tenfold. So we'll see how uh, mobile esports you know takes place in twenty twenty two. But I, I'm expecting huge things. I think mobile esports is set to pounce on the year in a big way. And we're going to see that happen right before our eyes. So uh, Fear Fire and Mobile Legends Bang Bang, Rocket League, Call of Duty for the wrong reasons, Valorant. Those are kind of the the esports to watch out for going into 2022. Obviously, obviously, I miss some. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. That's why we're making these New Year's resolutions now to kind of realize what is going on with an eSports going into 2022. So if I miss something, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Cray24 or you know the main account at eSports Network and of course let us know uh, and listen to all of our fun podcasts from other guests. Um, we will be, we'll be back on January 3rd with a, 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 a litany of great guests uh, hopping on the podcast. Uh, man, I'm, I'm excited for you to witness what's going to happen in 2022 for the eSports Network. Uh, I think it'll be big things. Uh, I mean, some shocking things, maybe some like gasping. Oh my gosh, Kevin, you did what? Yes. Yes. Enjoy it. It's it's fun times in 2022 for the esports network. Hopefully you enjoy it. And I know I've been enjoying kind of putting together some stuff behind the scenes for you guys. And man, uh, January 3rd that first episode drops. So I'll just give you a hint. It's a very uh, well-known, um, well-known personality within the scene. I'll say that personality. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Um, for now, though, folks, like I said, let me know on Twitter at Career Twenty Four at Esports Network. Let us know what your thoughts are on twenty twenty two esports. Let us know what your favorite events are from twenty twenty one. Let us know whatever you want to know. You know, say hey, I, I I just bought a new PC and it lists pictures of it. I love seeing pictures of new PCs, man. I just I'm, I just upgraded my PC a little bit now and put in a one terabyte NVMe SSD. I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm ecstatic. I need to put you know Call of Duty on it and be fine for once, right? But look, uh, we we really hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, 2021 the content we've put out we hope your 2022 is just as good if not better than 2021 if you had a crappy 2021 I'm sorry I really hope your 2022 is, is ecstatic and, and, and exciting and inviting and I hope great things happen to you in 2022 so from all of us here at the esports network we hope you have a safe and happy new year we hope you bring it in in a safe and responsible way we hope uh 2022 is, is the year of your dreams of course hopefully it's the year of my dreams as well well as in and more of you listen but for now uh you know that is that that's been our time uh i man i just i can't thank you guys enough for listening it's it's, it's been awesome so uh, i'm your host kevin correa and this has been the esports network podcast